Okay, so let's get the mood going here. Imagine it, the coffee machine is bubbling and gurgling away in the corner. There's wood in the hearth and... Oh, seriously, who am I kidding? I'm just going to stick a TV in there and play the Netflix fireplace on loop. Seriously, get a jumper, people! The smell of musty paper and the subtle sweetness of vanilla is in the air, and you're gathered with some of your closest book friends to talk about your latest find. I'm Ray, and welcome to another episode of Not Before Coffee, The Bookshop, where I talk about my most recent reads and hopefully encourage you to pick up a copy, or maybe two, if you're like me and have to have a spare copy just in case you break the spine of the original. So let's take a look at my Goodreads for the week. What can I say? For a change, it's actually been a good one. I managed to find two books that really appealed, one of which was a brand new release that I couldn't stop reading from the moment I picked it up and I managed to devour it over the space of a few evenings and I was also very sad to finish it. The second was one that has been on my radar for a while and when I finished the first book so quickly, I knew the time had come. So my number has gone up, but nowhere near enough to ensure that my original target is ever going to be reached, at least not this year. But at the same time, I'm headed in the right direction. And to me, that's all that counts. We've already reached the darker, colder evenings, the perfect environment for curling up on the sofa with the Netflix fire flickering on the TV and Darcy curled up on my lap, kneading my dressing gown with her claws, which seriously need to be trimmed. This week's book is actually a sequel to another that I reviewed a few weeks ago, a book that I really enjoyed and at the time I did mention that I was looking forward to the sequel. Roll forward a few weeks and the sequel was kindly delivered to my Kindle on Tuesday morning. So this week I'm reviewing the second in the Spoiler Alert series by Olivia Dade, All the Feels. By the way, be really careful when typing that into a search engine because there is a psychoanalysis book that also has the title All the Feels, as I discovered to my detriment when I was trying to order this one. Alexander Woodrow has it all. Charm, wealth, a starring role on the biggest show on TV. But the showrunners have wrecked his character. He's hounded by old demons and his future remains uncertain. When all that reckless emotion explodes into a bar fight, the tabloids and the public agree. His star is falling. Enter Lauren, the former therapist hired to keep him in line. Compared to her previous work, watching over a handsome but impulsive actor shouldn't be especially difficult. But the more time she spends with Alex, the harder it is to hold on to her professionalism and her heart. When another scandal lands him in major hot water and costs Lauren her job, Alex becomes determined to keep his impossibly stubborn and extremely endearing minder in his life any way he can. On a road trip up the California coast together, he intends to show her exactly what a falling star will do to catch the woman he loves. It rarely happens, but I'm actually reviewing a book that has, as I record this, been out for less than a week. I'm not exactly ahead of the curve because I didn't get a preview copy, but I started reading it the moment that I finished work on Tuesday afternoon. 
The story actually overlaps a little with Spoiler Alert, and if you want to find out what I had to say about that one, then I'm going to put a link to the previous podcast episode in the info box below. Spoiler Alert gave us the sweet story of Marcus, the seeming empty-headed actor who had a lot more depth than he projected to the rest of the world. And April, the woman who had very little in the way of self-confidence and was constantly being battered by her parents' behaviour towards her. As part of Marcus and April's story, we were introduced to Marcus's best friend, Alex, and his minder, Lauren, though our encounters with the pair are incredibly restricted, and at first glance, Alex appears to want to make as much trouble for Lauren as is possible. Of course, appearances can be deceptive. Even though we are seeing Alex through the eyes of his friend in the first book, we don't get the most flattering view of everything. We know he's supportive of Marcus when he's in need, but we don't see the internal battle that he's fighting. All of that is left until we get to Alex's book, which is the one I'm going to be talking about today. So, spoiler alert, the previous book. It will get mentions in this because they are very, very closely tied together. Beneath the muscles, the jokey and unusual sense of humour, the rugged beard and the more adult costume that he wears as part of his role as Cupid on the hit TV show, gods of the gates lies a heart that is 10 sizes larger than many are aware in the previous book dade established that the showrunners for gods of the gates were absolute jerks in the sequel we get even more evidence that this is the case but it hits closer to home when lauren clegg arrives on the scene and you see how they treat her Unfortunately for poor Lauren, she's actually related to Ron, the more dominating and awful of the two showrunners, and he uses their family bond and the fact that Lauren is a people pleaser to his advantage. She's on holiday and in definite need of a well-deserved rest, but she doesn't want to hurt anyone, and when she's pseudo-offered a job by her cousin, she knows that to turn it down will only turn the entire situation into an avalanche that will end with her accepting it on different and probably far less beneficial terms. The motivation of the showrunners is never made clear, but Ron and his close colleague RJ, who, to all intent and purpose, plays an invisible role in the books as he's just a name and a signature on emails, they're both monumental assholes. When Lauren and Alex are first introduced, Alex has a hangover, he spent the night in jail after a bar brawl, and he's incredibly reluctant to play his role in the last scenes that have been written for his character on the show. None of these conditions is conducive to a great introduction, and being told that this complete stranger is going to be your minder to ensure that you don't make any more mistakes is going to set anyone's back up. I know it would do that to mine. It's understandable that Lauren's first impression of this actor, whom she has no awareness of, is that he's disagreeable, defiant and careless, primarily due to circumstances under which they met, but secondly because this is the man her cousin has portrayed him as being. But if this book and its prequel show us anything through brisk and sometimes admittedly smack you in the face, but at the same time smart storytelling, it's that it isn't what is on the outside that counts. The first half of this book overlaps with Spoiler Alert when it comes to fan events. However, when it reaches the moment where Spoiler Alert ends, with a conclusion from April and Marcus, All the Feels looks at the aftermath of Alex's own bombshell revelations at the event, the moment that he tells everyone he has been writing fanfic and posting it to one of the biggest fanfiction sites online, AO3, 
Personal aside, I absolutely love this site and have been a member for probably seven years if not more. In an effort to create the wrongs that he believes the showrunners have created, so his stories are fix-its. This goes against his contract and starts a highway to disaster for both Alex and Lauren. Of course, in the run-up to this event, our lead characters have grown to understand a lot about each other, and Alex is no longer judging Lauren on her nose, her height, or her size. Here's a sidebar observation from me about Olivia Dade's lead characters, one that I feel is valid for a number of more recent authors, including Katie McAllister. The leading ladies in these novels aren't models, nor are they the sort of women who would normally catch the eye of the leading man. They are full-figured short, which gives me hope as I am both of these things, and they are not women who would immediately be noticed as the most gorgeous person in the room by traditional standards. What both April and Lauren are is beautiful on the inside. While April experienced abuse about her size from more traditional sources, namely her parents, Lauren's lack of confidence in herself, which led to a need to be a people pleaser, came from her own insecurities. She is a strong woman, she knows what she is capable of, but she is driven by a need to make everyone happy so they will accept her. What Alex's attention proves to her finally is that she doesn't have to be any of these things, she just needs to be herself. But as anyone who has a lack of confidence will know, it takes a lot to move away from comfortable, though potentially damaging, habits. Anyway, back to the story. Alex's actions at the fan convention get Lauren fired from her job watching over him, but they hurt him just as much. Alex has a self-destruct button, and it was this which drove him to make the public confession in the first place. Well, sort of. Alex suffers from an incredible amount of guilt that often turns into anger. He does all he can to control it, but he is impulsive, and when he sees someone he cares about hurting, or sees something that he knows will hurt someone he cares about, then he does everything he can to change it. And that's where his act of revenge and self-destruction comes into play. Alex is the sort of person who acts first and thinks of the consequences much, much later, and that's where a big part of his problem lies. He doesn't think more than a few moments ahead. Yes, a lot of this can be blamed on the fact that he has ADD. He takes medication for it. But in another act that evidences his inability to properly care for his own well-being, he doesn't always take his medication properly. And this leads to issues. This book is a romance novel and love is therefore at the heart of it obviously between our two lead protagonists, though initially it doesn't appear that it's going to work out that way. But I can't help feeling that the real soul of the story is the message that you need to be kind to yourself and give yourself a little bit of slack. People won't judge you in 50 years for the job you had, unless of course you pioneered heart transplant surgery or developed a life-saving device of some kind. They'll judge you on the sort of person you were and the acts that you carried out. Both Lauren and Alex are great people, but they need each other to keep them on the right path. Alex ensures that Lauren realises she matters by showing her how much she matters to him. Lauren ensures that Alex knows he doesn't need to feel guilt, that he isn't responsible for the actions of others, and that by remembering that, he can help a lot more people to know how important they are to him. Is the story without fault? No. I did 
leave it feeling like there was something missing? How were Ron and RJ able to get away with being such jerks without consequence? Just as an example. But I get the feeling that we will be meeting more people from the Gods at the Gate set. Well, at least I do hope so. Seriously, is there a sequel? Did I enjoy it? I finished this book in a few hours over a few days, and for a book that I had been looking forward to for a good couple of months, it did not disappoint. A massive part of me wishes that it had been longer, but I always wish that. But the story of Alex and Lauren reached a natural conclusion, and a longer novel would have been both unnecessary and probably overkill. The fact that the story started at the halfway point of spoiler alert and then continued beyond gave me the opportunity to not only learn more about the main characters, but also find out what happened to everyone from spoiler alert after it ended. Do I want to know more? Of course. Will I patiently wait for a sequel? Is there going to be one? And if so, what's the release date? Haven't noticed anything yet, but then to be fair, this only came out five days ago. Will I read it again? This is the perfect book to read when on the daily, or in my case, weekly, commute to work. It's not a book that is going to have me sobbing into my Kindle case, nor is it one that is so explicit when the sex scenes do occur that I am going to end up turning the red of a tomato. That has happened on the bus before and it was completely unexpected. Then also has the absolute hysterical sobbing. We don't need to go there. In all likelihood, this will cross my Kindle screen again at some point because it's a nice light read that is perfect on days when you know your brain is going to be overloaded with facts that you need to retain. I'm not saying that the book lacks substance because it really doesn't. The characters are well-rounded, enjoyable, likeable, and the situations they find themselves in, obviously excluding issues with studios and lawyers and contracts, are the sort of things that many would experience every day. Family problems, self-doubt, mental self-flagellation, and mixed messages. Would I recommend it to others? If you enjoyed reading the prequel, spoiler alert, if you'd like to read a book that is going to give you warm, fuzzy feelings and a glow that says, I am happy I read this, if you love contemporary romance, then this book is for you. All that being said, there are sex scenes in the book, so if that's something you prefer to avoid completely, stick with the more traditional contemporary romance of Jill Mansell, who writes some of my favourite novels in the genre. Seriously, I've got all of her books. Overall, All the Feels by Olivia Dade was a great sequel to a book that I enjoyed. I am happy that I had the opportunity to get to know the other characters who were in the first book, and I am curious to know if there is a sequel. And if so, who will the central protagonist be? I would also absolutely love, seriously, absolutely love to see Ron and RJ get their just desserts. Please tell me that happens. I'm going to be back on Thursday with a review of another romantic comedy because that's the theme we're going with this season. And I'm really looking forward to talking about it. I hope that you've all had a fantastic week. Last week, I enjoyed the wonder that was side effects to the flu jab, and in the next 10 days, we'll also know the joy of the COVID booster. But to be honest, I am not going to question it, because if new rules are put in place over Christmas, at least I'll be able to see my mum, as both of us are on the vulnerable list and are actually having our boosters on the same day. Not sure quite how that worked out, but we aren't going to the same place for them. I'm feeling closer to human, 
I have now been in my new job for a month and interestingly enough, haven't heard anything from my ex-colleagues and at all in all that time. It's interesting to see how quickly you fall from their minds when you're no longer working with them, despite all their protestations that they would remain in contact. It's admittedly sad that apparently they feel I am no longer someone they wish to maintain contact with, but on the other hand, it's probably a good thing for my mental health. It was a good job at the time, but now I have left, I'm able to see how destructive the environment could be, especially when it's compared with the one I now find myself working in, which is definitely much more healthy, and they consider the staff to be humans who have free will. Go figure. But let's save all that analysis for Thursday. The last cup has gone in the dishwasher. The closed sign has been turned around. So it's time to end this, another episode of The Bookshop. I hope you enjoyed it and will come back again for more. If you like what you hear, why not share it with your friends and family and please post a review or give the show a star rating over on Podchaser. No feedback is bad feedback if it's constructive. You can follow me on Twitter at need underscore three underscore mugs, on Instagram at not before coffee podcast, or over on good pods at not before coffee. Well, I have to go now and pick out another book from the shelf for next week. Not quite sure where I'm intending to go with next week quite yet, and settle down with another cup of coffee. Until next time, this is me saying farewell. <laughs>